Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. Sunday, January 28th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Sunday card. Just two games on tap here for this Sunday edition of the show. And not surprising that that's the only amount of games we have because we've got pretty much a light slate uh, for our final four days of NHL action, Sunday through Wednesday before the All-Star break arrives. Uh, Two games today, one game tomorrow, two games on Tuesday, and only, I think, three, maybe four on Wednesday. So it's a very light slate. Uh, as we round things into the all-star break. And of course, just a reminder, don't be looking for us Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this upcoming week. It'll be a four-day all-star break for the show uh, as well. Uh, We'll be off Thursday through Sunday. So Wednesday will be our final show before the break. And then we will be back with you Monday, uh, February the 5th, for the first day of action after uh, the all-star break, the return to action for the NHL. We will be recording some bonus content and videos for the Patreon members this week, though. Patreon exclusive videos, uh, lots of um, topics. We're going to do a couple this week for sure. And with the all-star break around, we're going to record one tomorrow. We're going to record something probably later in the week as well on the Thursday or Friday with no NHL action. So uh, that's on the way, and it's going to be more of a topical theme type of uh, discussion on the video. So look forward to that for anyone that's a Patreon member. So good stuff indeed. Uh, let's recap yesterday. Uh, we It was a great uh, Saturday uh, of NHL action. Uh, and we thank Zach and uh, Matt for both being part of the Saturday show uh, yesterday uh, with us. But it started early with Boston absolutely thumping the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, there's a team that definitely needs the all-star break because things have gone south for Philly the last week after that nice run they put together. Uh, they get bombed 6-2 to two by the Bruins yesterday. Uh, and um, just a tough day for the uh, Flyers. A great finish to the uh, for, uh, pre-all-star break schedule for Boston. So credit to them, uh, a 6-2 win. Dallas with a 5-4 comeback, or not a comeback win, but they were up 4-2. Washington came back, tied it. And then the Dallas Stars win it in overtime. How about Thomas Harley, who's now got a defenseman for the Stars, who's now scored back-to-back game-winning goals in overtime. Three goals in the last two games for him. Uh, We need to start considering that item in the bargain bin moving forward after the break. Thomas Harley, who suddenly has been lighting things up offensively from the back end for the uh, Dallas Stars. And uh, a 5-4 win in OT for them. What a game that ended up being from a betting standpoint for the show. I mean, between me, Alex, Matt, and and Zach, I think we pretty much hit everything in that game uh, for the most part. How Wyatt Johnston scored, and of course, I was on a goal prop with him as well. I mean, first period over, full game over, uh, and then, of course, Alex was also on the draw, which came back uh, from that 4-2 deficit with those two late goals for Washington to tie it up and force uh, overtime. So that was a pretty much a clean sweep for the Ice Guys crew yesterday uh, with the uh, bets involved on that Capitals uh, and Stars game. Buffalo 5-2 win against San Jose. Um, pretty impressive after getting down 2-0. Uh, Buffalo came back, scored five unanswered goals, uh, and the Sharks' mini little three-game win streak gets snapped. I'm going to be a moron and hold out hope that maybe, just maybe, Buffalo can you know use that as a springboard to maybe get on a little bit of a run after the All-Star break. We'll see. I'm still, you know... <laughs> Not totally sold, but I will say this. This has been a nice little few games now for Buffalo that they've put together. 
and they actually strung multiple wins in a row together, and that hasn't happened very often. So good signs for Buffalo, uh, and they get a nice 5-2 win. That was a good game too, first period over, full game over, both cashing in for me uh, with that Sabres-Sharks game. And then the last of the afternoon games uh, yesterday, the Edmonton Oilers, 16 in a row, 4-1 to win over the Nashville Predators. This is shocking from Stuart Skinner right now, Alex, because Skinner, again yesterday, he was outstanding. He's looking like Grant Fuhr from the 80s right now. That's how well he is playing. He's on top of everything. He is square to the shooter at all times. He's reading the play exceptionally well. Like, it seems like he knows where the puck is going before the, before the shot is taken. And his positioning has been on point. He's not given up any rebounds. His rebound control has been good. His positioning in the net has been solid. He's been challenging, you know, out to the outside the blue paint sometimes to cut down the angle. That's a guy that's feeling it right now. This has been an extended stretch, and they needed him yesterday. I don't think Nashville played a bad game. Nashville did not play a bad game yesterday. They had their chances. They had their opportunities, and they just couldn't bury enough of their chances because, again, Skinner was outstanding. The team defense was good again yesterday, but I don't think it was as good as it's been during the 16-game win streak. I think they gave up a few more quality looks, and Skinner was there to bail them out and keep that puck from going in. And the only goal that went in, he really didn't have much of a chance. So this run of goaltending for a guy that could barely stop anything, if you rewind back to the early part of the season before Jay Woodcroft got dismissed, it's really amazing to see the turnaround in not only him, but this Oilers team defensively. They've won 16 in a row, Alex, and 13 straight of those 16 wins, they've given up two or less to the opponent. That is really yeah. – the Edmonton Oilers are doing that. That's the yeah. part that shake your head and, like, this is actually happening. They've gone 13 straight games giving up two goals or less. That's how you put a streak like this together. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that makes the this streak a little bit different than some of the other streaks we've seen uh, on, on, on that run and on that list. But – uh, he said, fantastic work defensively, and that's the biggest thing that Edmonton needed to do. We knew the offense was going to be there. It was there the whole time. Even when they were losing, they were still finding ways to get goals. But the thing was finding that, uh, you know, you know, the solid consistency within the blue line and certainly with between the pipes. And now that uh, Skinner has really emerged truly as being that top number one guy, it gives them some room. You know, they got Jack Campbell down there in, uh, in, in the AHL. That $5.5 million cap hit, if he's healthy enough, can they try to move him, uh, you know, free some space up, make, you know, add him to a package now, uh, officially get him out of town and try and get something back to, you know, patch a few holes here and there, uh, you know, getting ready for this playoff run. The, the Oilers, it's amazing how this team went from being just completely in the garbage and, you know, bottom of the Pacific and you made this coaching change. And now we're seeing the Edmonton Oilers team that a lot of people expected to see at the beginning of the year. And they're in great position right now, heading into the break, get some rest, take this streak in, into that uh, into the all-star break and see if you can come out swinging. Who knows how long this thing can go if, if they're fully ready and focused right out of the gate in the second half. It concerns me is, man, if you're Edmonton and you're one win away from tying the record by Pittsburgh, two wins away from passing it, what a brutal time for the all-star break to arrive. My goodness. Oh, and now you just worry that my goodness, they, they're vulnerable to maybe lose that first game out of the break because it just yeah. has totally disrupted the rhythm and momentum they've got. So that's going to be something to you know, keep an eye on when they play that first game coming out of the break. And I will say this too, about the Oilers that there is a loss on the way it's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming because if you look Definitely. at their schedule after the all-star break, 
I see game, multiple games against Vegas, multiple games against Colorado. I see Dallas on their schedule. I see a lot of heavyweights that Edmonton's going to be playing after the All-Star break. And their schedule, as far as strength of schedule and difficulty of opponent, goes up significantly from what they've experienced lately before the All-Star break. So keep that in mind that's as not, well. That's not too bad, though, because here's the thing. you got to get punched in the mouth in the playoffs. You're going to lose yep. a game or likely in, you, know, you might lose two games in a series. So yep. here now we get to see how long this, can this team go off of a break. Let's say this team is a team of destiny, all right? You need to know how to handle being on a long break. What if you sweep out of the Eastern Conference uh, or the Western Conference final and you got eight days off between that and the Stanley Cup final? Now you can kind of prepare for that in that in that, in that aspect. That's really the only thing you could, you could use this time to kind of mentally prepare for is, all right, yes, you have this time off, but you got to come back here and be be ready to stand on business February 5th as soon as this All-Star break is over with. So this is kind of a learning experience, too, if uh, Edmonton plays their cards right. No doubt. Um, and like I say, you're not playing Anaheim and Nashville in the playoffs either. You know, you're going to play Colorado. You're going to play Dallas. You're going to play Vegas, uh, likely in, in the Western yeah. Conference side of the playoffs. So why not test yourself? See what you got. Uh, when you play those teams and they will play all of those teams at least once, if not twice uh, after the all-star break. So it'll get tougher for Edmonton. We'll see how they handle it. Uh, Toronto, nice win for them four two against Winnipeg uh, last night. Uh, another nice performance by Samsonov. That's three in a row for him. He's been very good in net. Um, great job by uh, Alex and I to just, we had that sense, Alex and I, with the first period, both teams to score. Uh, in that Leafs-Jets game last night, thinking, you know what? It was low scoring the first time. Could see both teams getting on the board early in that game. Uh, plus 182. Great to hit that. Great price it was uh, with that Leafs-Jets first period, both teams to score. Uh, and for those of you that were on the full game total at six, I mean, you got the push late, I mean, very late, uh, with that uh, goal with 10 seconds left that made it 4-2. But look, the Leafs didn't have a great start. Samsonov was great, though, in the first period. Kept them afloat, kept the game 1-1. And then I thought as the game went on, Toronto got going. Uh, and it was a nice, solid road win for them. Uh, 40 goals for Matthews, absolutely exceptional. Uh, he's on pace for over 70. That's that's sick that he's got 40 goals at the All-Star break. That's just <laughs> that's nuts. Simple as that. It's just absolutely crazy uh, to think about. And and, gr and credit to Simone Benoit's first goal as a Leaf. He has been a nice addition out of the out of nowhere. Pleasant surprise for that blue line. Physical, knocks people on their can. It isn't scared to fight every now and then. Um, he's been very solid, sound in his own end. No mistakes, no turnovers. Good positioning, big body. Uh, he's been a nice addition for the Leafs, so a nice 4-2 win for them. Carolina, 3-1 against Arizona. Gosh, this was frustrating because Arizona has the great start. I'm thinking, wow, they got a chance to get three goals for my team total. Nope. I think Arizona's got a chance to win the game. Nope. But at least I have the draw, and it's 1-1 going late in the third period, and Carolina in the last minute just yeah. pulls the rug out from under me, and I think Alex, too, because I think Alex was on that draw uh, yeah. as well. And Carolina getting the 3-1 uh, when in regulation, when we were about less than a minute away from seeing another draw hit, but we were not uh, dry with the draws last night. We did hit a couple. We'll get to those uh, back to the old Ottawa senators last night. Oh my goodness. Uh, what happened in that second period? Uh, wow. Uh, absolutely brutal, hideous defensively. Every, it was everything. It was turnovers. It was odd man rushes. It was not marking your man going to the net. It was a disaster. And they had been, Turning things around defensively for a few games, not last night. Credit to the Rangers. That was a team that knows that they needed to get their ass in gear 
uh, and get themselves feeling good again going into the All-Star break. And uh, that should get the job done for them. A nice 7-2 to two thrashing of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, and they just took over that game in the second period uh, and did not look back. Uh, credit to them because it was a back-to-back for them as well. Uh, but obviously they weren't happy with the Vegas result the night before, and they get the job done 7-2 over the Sens. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, finally in overtime, it goes their way for a change. They've lost a lot of overtime rate, uh, shootout games this year, and finally they get one to go their way, 3-2 against Montreal. Plus 410 was the price I had on the draw in that Montreal-Pittsburgh uh, game, so absolutely phenomenal to cash that. And credit to the Penguins, they found a way. Um, I'm not going to say, wow, you barely beat Montreal at home, I've said a lot of negativity this year about Pittsburgh. I'm actually going to choose to be Mr. Sunshine here today with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and say, you know what? They needed a win. They needed two points for for a change, not just one. Yeah. Uh, and they finally uh, were able to get that win. And Pedersen, Marcus Pedersen, the defenseman of all people, unlikely source for that GWG for Pittsburgh in overtime last night. Uh, I, gotta, I won't call him Jarhead today. Jari was solid. It was one of his better games uh, in a while uh, last night. And he needed a good start. Tristan Jari, and he was better last night. New Jersey, Tampa Bay, what a weird one, because I had first period over, and I'm like, holy shit, scoreless. And then I'm I'm also on the full game over, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, is that in trouble too? But I said, you know what? It's Devils and their defense and their goaltending with Vanacek's never trustworthy, and it's Tampa at home, and we know they can explode. And I just suddenly said to myself, you know what? I'm going to bet the live over. And the live over was four and a half, Alex early in the second period, and I jumped on the live over four and a half. I said, I think it's going to open up. It, this is not going to be one of those Toronto-Winnipeg games where it's scoreless after regulation. No, not with these two. And sure enough, you know, five minutes after I late put that bet in on the live over, the, the goal started to come fast and furious. And next thing you know, a scoreless first period turns into a 6-3 to three final score for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So Tampa team total over cashes. We lose the first period over, but we get the full game over. Uh, in that game so it ended up being okay uh, at the end of the night there with uh, Tampa with that 6-3 game very disheartening game defensively again from New Jersey Nico Hishier the captain speaking out after the game saying embarrassing Uh, we have to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out after the all-star break what kind of team we want to be pretty pointed comments from a guy that usually leads by example on the ice he doesn't say a whole lot Nico Hishier as the captain of that team but he spoke up last night and uh, you know i think it's true i mean this jack hughes is a missing piece that you miss dearly i don't i of course but there's no reason for your record to be this bad without him okay you've got to it ha, you have to try to improve this record without him and just hasn't been good enough obviously since they've been missing him in the lineup florida 3-2 win in overtime against the islanders making us happy the thailanders come through again Another draw island trip successful. Another draw cash. Uh, Panthers winning in overtime. That's exactly what I thought could happen. Panthers in OT. Didn't trust the Islanders to win. I was not on the Islanders last night. I was not going against Florida in that great road win streak, which is now, what, eight? Eight in a row on the road now for Florida? What a job. And as I said on uh, on X last night, I love the call of an overtime goal by the Florida Panthers from Stevie Goldstein. Goldie on ice. Let's go home, baby. There we go. We heard it again last night uh, from him. That is, that's a great call, you know, and it's his call. I've not heard anyone use that before. So uh, it's his own creation. So credit to him for coming up with that and using it. It's a great overtime call. Uh, Florida with the win 3-2 last night against the uh, Islanders. All of a sudden, we uh, are we going to start hearing fire Patrick Wah chance one and three now uh, in four games as the uh, bench boss of the, uh, the New York <laughs> Island? I'm kidding, of course. But, you know, and fans these days, they're going to want him gone. 
you know, after a, a few more losses. Uh, but yeah, rough start for Patrick Waugh. I'm not panicking though. I mean, maybe it's just a sign this Islanders team is just not any good or not good enough, yeah. uh, you know, to turn things around. Like uh, the offense is starting to scuffle again. Sorokin continues to be just, he's not given them that timely save that he's done so in the past. Uh, and that's something that would concern you as well. And I'll be honest about Adam Pellick. He's been a disaster at times since he's been back. Like, this is a good defenseman. And since he's come back from that injury, I'm like, is this the same guy that's been such a rock for them on the blue line? He hasn't played as well. So he's got to pick his game up as well. Uh, Detroit and Vegas, what a wild one. Five goals in the opening period. 3-2 Detroit. And then Detroit adds to it with the 5-2 win. My best bet was the Red Wings on the show yesterday. And I, it was really all about a brutal spot for Vegas. Long-ass road trip. East, fourth game in six nights. Back-to-back, a satisfying win in New York on national TV the night before. They were ripe for the picking last night. Uh, and Detroit took advantage of it. 5-2 win. That was a great game. I had Detroit money line, best bet, team total over. First period over, full game over. So that was just an outstanding result there with the uh, Golden Knights and the Red Wings. Detroit with the uh, 5-2 win. So we were talking, and Alex specifically yesterday, about Minnesota and this great record they had on Hockey Day in Minnesota. And wouldn't you know it, and I said it last night, say it ain't so. What? The Minnesota Wild losing on Hockey Day in Minnesota? Blasphemy. Can't happen. You can't let that happen. It's Hockey Day in Minnesota. How can you lose if you're Minnesota? But they did, and they lost to the Anaheim Ducks. Wow. 3-2 3-2 loss at home, uh, very disheartening. Uh, I didn't love the way they reacted after Anaheim tied it 2-2 necessarily. Uh, kind of felt like a defeatist attitude started to creep into Minnesota's game, uh, which is not what you want to see. Um, and uh, credit to Dostal, though. Uh, very, very solid uh, for the um, uh, Anaheim Ducks in net last night. Anaheim getting the 3-2 win in that one. What a night for Troy Terry. I think one of his best games of the season. For the Anaheim Ducks, he was all over the ice. Uh, it was absolutely outstanding. So bad job by the Minnesota Wild, Alex. Losing on Hockey Day in Minnesota, that's not going to make the locals happy. Yeah, well, hit, and I mean, the biggest thing, too, was, you know, we were so close to hitting what would have been, I mean, arguably the best, the biggest bet of the year. And I mean, we've hit some big ones already, yeah. but we had it lined up perfectly for not only uh, the game to go into overtime, because it was tied 2-2 late, but... Even when Anaheim takes the 3-2 lead, and, and that goal is insane with Troy Terry because it, it's a, a, a rebound off of the foot of uh, of Ryan Hartman, and who yeah. I thought for sure had may have possibly broken his foot. He did. He was able to come back later in that game, thankfully. But uh, that rebound, you know, goes right back on Terry's stick, and, and Terry, you know, banks it in, makes it 3-2. There's still about eight minutes left in the game, and we're thinking this is actually even better because if Minnesota can go and tie this game up. Now we're in a spot where the alternate play that I had for that parlay of the the, the draw and Minnesota winning uh, was 4-3 correct score for Minnesota. So now we're in line to, to possibly cash that at plus 1,400 on top of hitting a couple of live wages. So it was ended up being still a somewhat profitable night because we had a couple of, of next to score props in the game. But we could have had a huge hit with that at plus 644 and plus 1400. So uh, a bit unfortunate that that game drops down. But, uh, you know, just a, a resilient you know uh, effort by Anaheim. And, you know, the Wild, like I said, just still not looking ready enough to be a wild card contender just yet out of that contest. You're supposed to play much better and have much more energy against the Anaheim team heading into the break, knowing that, OK, if we're going to make a run, we got to come out guns blazing from here on out. That didn't look like a team that's going to be ready to come out hot uh, from the All-Star break. So that's something to keep a note of in that contest. 
I agree. That's definitely um, something where I look at it and I say, you know what, that's a, that's that's two points I needed if I'm the Minnesota Wild. If I have any realistic expectations to creep my way back into the wild card race and get back into it, needed that victory last night. Those those are points that you can't leave on the table. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Minnesota it's, Wild. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with like Pittsburgh. Every you know all the quotes out of the locker room from that Penguins win. Like we needed this win. This was this is something we needed to to get our momentum rolling. We go in and rest of the break, and now we come out hot and ready. So, you know, Minnesota kind of being in that same spot as Pittsburgh in, in terms of standings and in their reflective conference. Uh, yeah, they they needed a win there and and, some, and a good morale boost. And now, uh, kind of a sour taste in their mouths heading into the break. Yeah, no question. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing I forgot to mention about the Leaf game. Shout out to Ryan Reeves. This guy hasn't played in a while. They, 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 you know, he'd been bad defensively when he had played for the Leafs, and he scores that tying goal for them last night. I think it was the best game of the year, and he was playing hockey, stuck to playing hockey for much of the game. Didn't worry about running around, earning retribution for something on the ice. So uh, that was that was good to see, and he needed a good performance. And if he wants to keep getting in the lineup, he has to keep playing like that. So that was good to see, but not good to see for the Wild fan. Uh, Minnesota losing, obviously, on Hockey Day in Minnesota. And then the two late games last night, um, just, I'll tell you what, Luke Richardson's got to be proud of this team, though. I mean, the, the work ethic and the effort, it's there. Every night, they're, work, the, the, they're busting their tail, that Chicago team. You can't say that they're not trying. They're not, they're not giving it their best effort they can. They just can't put a puck in the net. They just have, they're just devoid of finishers right now. And we are seeing that once again last night in that one nothing shutout loss to the Calgary Flames. Uh, Jacob Markstrom was actually very good. The save he made at the very end, man, that was a glorious chance. And tells you all you need to know, Alex, Chicago's just fucking snake bit right now. Yeah, uh, You could give them a wide open net from two feet away and they'd shoot it wide. You know, that's kind of what where Chicago's at right now uh, offensively. Just there's no finish whatsoever. Uh, and it's been just a, a tough run with the injuries. And obviously, number 98 goes without saying. That's the one they they missed dearly, most of all, of course, from an offensive standpoint. But uh, again, last uh, again, the, they, they play their butts off, though, uh, every single night, even when they don't play poorly, uh, when, when they or when they do play poorly. You know, it's usually not an effort issue. It's an execution issue. It's a goaltending issue. It's other things. Uh, but yeah, Chicago had a great effort. Unfortunately, when you can't score, you can't win. Uh, and that's what the, the that's basically where they're at right now. So a one nothing loss to Calgary. What a wild game in Vancouver. The Blue Jackets and Canucks back and forth, back and forth. I'm so mad. I I, I could see it coming at four one going into the third. And I knew Columbus with the bad third periods this year, the third period goal differential being so awful for them. And yet I didn't bet it right away. I waited until four three, you know, to finally get on the Canucks live and the draw live. And I cost myself a better price with both. I should have been on it right away, 4-1. Knowing Columbus can't be trusted, uh, you know, sometimes holding a lead, especially on the road. And that's exactly what we saw last night from them. They got into penalty trouble. Power play connected for Vancouver. Brock Besser with a hat trick. Uh, absolutely phenomenal night for him. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, man, uh, he, look, he's had a lot to deal with. He is, he's, he's not Jordan Bennington level yet, but he's got some emotional combustible elements on the ice lately. Like he's losing his temper. He's smashing his stick. He's yelling at his teammates. He's yelling at the refs. I mean, you could tell he's hot under the collar right now. You know, he's fighting for his career, I think, right now, quite honestly, because he knows Columbus is thinking of trading him. He kind of wants out because he's kind of been, you know, 
pushed around a bit by the Jackets and not starting him every night, not committing to him every night is the number one. And he knows that these are important starts for him to showcase himself. And he, you can tell it, the, the, just the stress and the anxiety of it all is really showing in Elvis Merzlikens right now. Uh, just with the body language and you know, just his reactions when goals go in against him. Uh, and definitely you saw that last night with the uh, Vancouver game. But quite the comeback, Elias Pettersson in overtime, 5-4 Vancouver. I think Vancouver went from playing one of their worst periods of the season in the second period when they fell behind 4-1, and they probably put forth one of their best periods of the season. Yeah. And how about the five-minute penalty kill? They gave Myers a five-minute game misconduct for boarding or elbowing it was, check, check to the head, uh, something like that. And then a the, uh, five-minute penalty uh, to Vancouver. And Columbus didn't get a, a sniff on that five-minute power play. They were barely in the zone. And Vancouver was all over. Vancouver had the best chances, shorthanded, on that five-minute power play for Columbus. Um, that was just a phenomenal third period. And that's why Rick Tockett, to me, Good luck trying to knock him from getting the Jack Adams this year. I mean, like that turnaround, you got to you got to credit coaching a little bit. You know that he's got a team that you know they obviously made adjustments, but you know he's obviously instilled in their minds. Alex, you don't give up on a game. You know you don't give yep. up on a game. Sixty minute game, and and it was so easy. The game before the break, it's so easy when you've had a great first half like Vancouver to say, just not our night, guys. The all-star break is 20 minutes away. You know, we're down 4-1. It's still been a great first half, but they did not think that way. They said, no, we, we want this one. We're not giving up on this one. And sure enough, 4-4, and they win 5-4 in overtime. Hell of a job by Vancouver. And just an exclamation point to this incredible first half run they've had. Yeah, you know, and look at those four franchises you just talked about in that late window. Vancouver, a team that... People were thinking, okay, maybe they could float around and be a middle-of-the-road team, possibly sneak in as a wild-card contender. Now here they are, one of the you know biggest surprises in, in, in the league this season. You're talking about a Columbus team that just completely bungled shit right off the bat trying from, from day one with the whole Babcock hiring to now having all these other issues to now everybody on the table is possibly uh, could be getting traded, including Patrick Laine, all these different things. They're just an absolute mess. Look at the Hawks, a team every night they come out there and, and, and play their asses off the, despite being severely shorthanded, dealing with all kinds of injuries, knowing they're not that good of a hockey team, but they still give that work ethic. And then you have a team like Calgary who has quite a bit of talent, scoring talent that we've seen prove their, their worth in the NHL, but yet they just don't always consistently show up and fall flat. And it tells the story in both of these games with Chicago and Calgary. This Calgary team, pretty much this should be the end of their talks of, of being a, a wild card contender. This three-game stretch that they went on, just absolutely abysmal. And normally, we're looking at a, this Chicago team, as bad as they've been on the road and as bad as they've been specifically on this trip. Oh, you know, we just hammer everything Calgary. Nothing at, at, at any point, even after the, the losses that we saw with uh, Edmonton 3 nothing game and the night before that, that 6-2 blowout from Seattle. But nothing in me saw where, okay, Calgary can go out there and do the same thing that either Edmonton or Seattle did to Chicago in those two previous nights. And sure enough, they were in that game all the way through, essentially, until the very end. Uh, and, and that's something that Chicago's going to have to do in the second half. You understand you don't have anyone that can just naturally go out there and score. You have to change some kind of scheme and system up offensively. Simplify things as much as you can to, to try to generate some offense here. 
because this is not going to I understand you're in the middle of the tank, but this is just completely unacceptable at this point to just go this long of a stretch and only put up one goal and get shut out, uh, you know, night in and night out. You, you just can't have this effort aside. Yes, you bring in the effort, but you have to bring more effort offensively. Simple as that. If it means coming back out of the, the break and you get into a seven, six track meet and you lose, so be it. But you got to find a way to to get the offense uh, uh, rallied up. If you're Luke Richardson and company with that and, uh, you know, Vancouver, like I said, Tockett, he's not going to let his team quit. He's not going to let his team give up any game, any period. He's going to challenge them at all times and they respond. And that's why they're one of the best teams in, in the league right now. That's why they're the biggest surprise in the league right now because of that work ethic and that effort. He knows the talent he has. We talked about this talent for years. We knew Quinn Hughes was going to be a star. We knew Elias. I knew Elias Pedersen was going to be a superstar. I was calling him superstar Elias Pedersen, what, five years ago. Okay, when this guy was, you know, just kind of middling around getting 20 something goals, but you could see the talent every night he took the ice. Brock Besser now uh, uh, hitting the 30 goal mark, all the different things he's dealt with. This is a great team. It's a great story. That's your Demko, the up and down that we kind of saw from him. We saw the, the greatness from the bubble series and that playoff run he went on. We knew he could bring up to this level, but now he's consistently doing that night in and night out. He's one of those top tier goalies. We can put him in that elite conversation now. And all of that is predicated to Rick Tockett getting the best out of his players. That's what great coaches do. And uh, kudos to Tockett for being able to do that. He's far away, leaps and bounds, the runaway uh, uh, winner of the Jack Adams in my mind is right now. I mean, uh, and, the, and, the, and the odds reflect that, by the way, with the current uh, Jack Adams uh, award uh, futures. Uh, he is uh, by far the uh, heavy, uh, heavy favorite. Like he's close to like plus 150 last I looked as far as uh, coach of the year uh, in the NHL. But, yeah, outstanding. Josh, 71 points. Like, that is outstanding. They are tied with Boston uh, entering the All-Star break for most points uh, in the NHL. And in the Western Conference, uh, they are four points clear of their nearest team, Colorado. Five ahead of Dallas, six ahead of Winnipeg, seven ahead of Vegas. So a very, very impressive um, job by the uh, Vancouver Canucks in this first half of the season. All right, let's get to the Sunday card. We have just two games uh, on the Sunday slate. One of them is a matinee affair in St. Louis, uh, and it is the Los Angeles Kings and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, LA minus 160 road favorites, uh, six the total uh, in this game. How the hell do you bet a side in this game? That What do you do with this game? Seriously, that is the question I ask not only me, myself, but everybody. I can't. I'm. I can't lay, and I won't lay minus one sixty with LA right now. Uh, I. I just can't do it. Uh, you know that was supposed to be a spot. Now Colorado's playing well, and Colorado at Ball Arena is very tough. I get it, but that's a spot though. After Drew Doughty said what he said, McClellan said what he said. That is a spot that you're supposed to still, um, get, you know, show something and show a lot more than you did. And you know, to be honest, there, their start wasn't bad. But they had a couple of chances. Puck didn't go in, and then Colorado scores the first goal. And it was a hideous game for Talbot too. Let's let's not forget that was that was just he was fighting the puck. That was a poor game from him, and he, they did not get a save early in that Colorado game. And it, and when you're when you're struggling mightily like the Kings are, it just deflates your confidence and your psyche. You just sink like a stone. That here we go again, and we're down two nothing in the first period to Colorado the other night. And they just didn't respond. That pushback really wasn't there from them. And sure enough, they end up losing 5-1. Another uh, rough night for the LA Kings. I can't I can't lay this price with them. I won't lay this price with them. But for St. Louis, look at this spot. It's a brutal spot. 
You're coming back home off that perfect road trip, um, and that's always a very, very difficult situation. And it's an early start game coming off the road, too, considering you were in Seattle Friday night, late Friday night. You're coming back home off that swing through Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, and then, of course, um, Seattle. And now you go from a Friday night end of that road trip in the Pacific time zone to a Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. local game, central time zone here in St. Louis. That's a brutally difficult scheduling turnaround off a West Coast road trip. So I'm not rushing to bet St. Louis. If you ask me who I'd prefer, absolutely it would be the team that's in form right now. And that's the Blues who are finding ways to win. So I would lean St. Louis, but man, that's a difficult spot for them today. Uh, and at the same time, though, as I said, there's no way I'm laying L.A. minus 160 in this price range. No way. So I'd lean Blues. The only thing I might bet, though, is the draw. The only thing. And I will say this about the draw. Blues have gone to overtime now with Vancouver and Seattle. Back-to-back games to wrap up that road trip. Um, L.A. not so much lately. And L.A.'s been so bad they haven't even gotten overtime lately with a lot of their teams. But I get the sense today could be a chance where we see a competitive game, chance for OT. Uh, lean blues how that this price i might still bet the blues but it won't be anything significant i mean plus 140 they're they are playing well and they are finding ways i thought the seattle spot was brutal for them i did and they still found a way they hung around they hung around they did get outshot they did get outplayed but they hung around they crawled their way back into it tied the game and then they ended up winning in overtime so yeah i mean I'm, i might sprinkle on st louis but i don't love it it's still what I would prefer than laying a buck sixty with LA, and the draw is something I'll probably get in on as well for this early start affair. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Kings Blues. Yeah, I would sprinkle in the draw, but it's not one of my favorite plays. The two things I like here are goals. I like over six minus a dollar twenty, and I like that first period over one and a half. I'll play a little bit at a dollar thirty-five, but I'll probably try and grab a little bit more of each of those in game as well. I don't think we're going to see a goal. Uh, coming in those first couple of minutes. So we should have time to adjust and grab even better prices in game. But uh, like I said, yeah, it's a bad spot for St. Louis uh, coming off the road and coming back home and then heading into the break afterwards. So it's a weird bit of a sandwich spot where we could just see a complete flat uh, showing from St. Louis. And when you have a Kings team that, you know, you're waiting for them to break out and show you some life and, and, and put the screws to somebody, this could be the spot where they do that. But we just don't trust them at these prices to kind of, uh, support any side of there. So just looking for the totals, full game over, first period over. Maybe a small sprinkle on both teams to score, but I don't really care for that as much as I do, uh, say, in the other game, and a little bit of a sprinkle on the draw here. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind those looks with the overs here. I mean, I don't trust the Kings right now with their goaltending and their defense. I mean, Talbot was awful the other night, and you know we'll see who's in net for them today, and either – option is not one I'm fully trustworthy of. I mean, we, we really saw Riddick play well against, um, you know, San Jose, you know, one time, two times, and then he didn't play as well against them the third time. And, you know, against better competition, I still have my question marks about what we're going to, I think we are going to see Riddick. It sounded like after the Colorado game, what Daryl Evans was saying that in the post game, the post game where they never showed McClellan press conference and any of the players getting interviewed, which as I said yesterday was ridiculous. Uh, but he said after the game, I think they need to give Talbot a rest. You know, he, he's he's really hit a rough patch after a great start to the season. And he's kind of expecting David Riddick to get the start today for L.A. Hasn't been confirmed. Joel Hofer is in net, by the way, for uh, St. Louis, who has had an up and down year. 
He had a couple of really great starts. I, me- I remember Florida game, Dallas game in uh, in December. Last four starts, though, he has given up minimum three goals. He's given up three goals at least in four straight starts. So that speaks to maybe looking at first period full game over in this game with the uh, Kings and the Blues. We could see some goals early, uh, and we definitely could see, obviously, uh, goals throughout here in this game. And I do want to point out with series history, Alex, four straight have seen at least six goals scored. Uh, between the uh, Kings and the Blues. So important to keep that in mind. And I'm actually looking also at series history. I see first period over between these two teams, three straight have gone over in the first period. And then, like I said, four straight have seen at least six goals. So it might be an over game. The Kings aren't a, a, a defensive juggernaut right now. Not at all. Not in the slightest with what we've seen out of them. Look what they've done. They've given up five, five, and four in the last three games to San Jose, Buffalo, and Colorado. 14 goals in the last three games combined. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I might get in on those first period full game overs. Little little blues and little draw as well. Just sprinkle across all four of those for me is what I'm looking at here uh, in this game. Uh, all right, next up, it's the uh, only other game today, and it's a night game. Uh, later on, we'll have something to watch after the football today because the Lions 49ers will end at around 10 Eastern, and there'll still be lots of this game left. We'll get to listen to them. My favorite crew in the league, Johnny Forsland, Eddie Olchick, and uh, JT Brown. Their camaraderie is so good, too. Like, I was listening to them with the St. Louis game. Eddie Olchick's talking about you getting on the weight scale when he was a player for Bob Pulford way back in the day. And then he was ch- chiding Forsland, said, when are we going to get you on the scale there, Johnny? And, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like, well, there, should be a, there should be a mandate. You got to get future Hall of Fame broadcasters on the weight. Weight scale. That's kind of nice that he threw that in there. Future. Yeah. He is going to the Hall of Fame, by the way, John oh, yeah. Forsman. He's that good. He is that good a broadcaster. Outstanding. Never a bad call from him. Uh, so I'll be listening to that tonight. Uh, Kraken minus 250 home favorites. Uh, six the total uh, in this game. Um, that was a disheartening. Now, it's a weird feeling the other night, Alex, because I was on the draw. I was happy to cash that. Blues and Kraken. But I felt kind of a tough beat with Seattle team total. I mean, it was 3-1 early in the second period and they were looking like they were about to run St. Louis right out of the building and they didn't score again <laughs> for the rest of the game. Blues just find a way to hang around. Bennington kept them in it uh, and they ended up coming back and they won that game 4-3. This is a very tough spot for Columbus, right? I mean, you look at this road trip started in Edmonton on Tuesday night, Calgary Thursday night, Vancouver last night. This is going to be that dreaded uh, fourth game uh, in six nights for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and now Seattle on a Tuesday through Sunday stretch. That's a hellacious stretch. And losing like they did last night, you're up 4-1 going into the third, you lose 5-4. That's tough to over t- tough to pull yourself up off the mat in my opinion following a loss like that. How about this news? We just found this out. I wasn't sure who the goaltender would be for Seattle tonight with Philip Grubauer. He's been activated from the IR for a few games. Now, but back to Joey Decord for the uh, Seattle Kraken. So Dave Axtall is reluctant to put Grubauer in there uh, right now. And I don't fault Decord for the St. Louis game. There was a couple of bad breaks, a couple of tough, uh, tough goals that went in on him, but not really many, if any, were his fault. He's still playing very well. So I don't mind that move He's, he's uh, to go with Decord. I think they're going to probably save Grubauer till the after the All-Star break. That's what it's starting to look like. Uh, to me that now Joey Decord has been confirmed as the uh, goaltender here for Seattle. Uh, we saw Merzlikens last night for Columbus, so pretty good chance it's Daniil Tarasov that's going to get the start tonight for the uh, Blue Jackets, even though that has not been confirmed just yet. 
you know, Columbus, it's the same thing. I mean, when they need to stop teams and they need to keep the puck out of their net, when they need to play good defense, they're not very capable of it more often than not. I love what you get from them up front. How do you not love Tessier and Shinikov and Voronkov and Fantilli and Kent Johnson and all these young, this young talent they have? Sillinger, uh, Boone Jenner's back now. I mean, this is a very good team up front. It's just the, the other end of the ice is lacking for this team. They just cannot... They just cannot hold leads. The third period's been a disaster uh, for them all year, and it was again last night. Uh, very, very difficult here. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I definitely think it's a spot for Seattle to win. It's a Seattle spot to win. Obviously, the price I don't want any part of. So I'm going to take my shot again with the bet that fell short for me Friday night. Seattle team total uh, over three and a half. In fact, I'm going to go one step further. Seattle team total over one and a half in the first period. Uh, of this game. I think maybe in that first period, you see two goals jump on this Columbus team, fourth game in six nights, brutal loss last night, leaving Vancouver very late because that went to overtime, getting into Seattle, what early Sunday morning, probably by the time they got into Seattle. I mean, very, very difficult here for Columbus. So I'm going to do Kraken team total first period and full game over a one and a half first period at a plus price three and a half uh, as well. Uh, for the uh, game, which is actually all things considered, not a bad price. This is also one where you could maybe look toward, you know, goals early and often and maybe later in the game as well. I mean, what are you going to get from Tarasov? Do we really, really trust him to shut the door? I'm not so sure. Uh, over three and a half, by the way, is minus 126 uh, for Seattle team total. Uh, first period over in this game, one and a half minus 132 at Pinnacle. Uh, full game over. Uh, it looks like the uh, total is six. Still at most places, uh, you can get a six anyway with the uh, total at multiple uh, books. Some books have six and a half, but most books have six. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to do Seattle team total first period and full game over. And then first period and full game over with the actual game total as well uh, here in this one. So four bets. And again, I'm, it's they're all smaller, but we're going to you know pepper it across all four of those. Kraken first period team total over. Kraken full game team total over. Jackets cracking first period over. Jackets cracking full game over. So that's the way I'm approaching this game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Columbus, Seattle. Yeah, I'm just keeping it simple with one play, and it's one I really like. It's the first period over, one and a half, laying a dollar thirty-five. I was kind of browsing and maybe looking at taking some, you know, both teams to score, even possibly dabbling in the two-one Seattle prop again. But like you said, with Columbus, this being a, a kind of a tough spot for them, maybe they don't show up uh, with their legs early. So. I'm kind of staying away from that. Just going with that first period over one and a half, uh, 135 is the best price I'm seeing here. Columbus had won the first two meetings against Seattle after the, in the first season when Kraken joined the uh, NHL. But last year, uh, Kraken won the uh, second meet, uh, second meeting, and then they've actually won three straight. And last year here in Seattle, it was seven to four for Seattle uh, over Columbus. I'll be, I wouldn't be shocked if we get that kind of a score tonight. Quite honestly. You know, I think it could be an explosion against this just beaten down, beaten down physically because of the road trip and the grind and back to back and four and six nights with all this travel, beaten down mentally and emotionally after last night, having a 4-1 lead and losing uh, in overtime to Vancouver. So this could be a a night where maybe Seattle really piles it on here uh, on this uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team. We'll see if they're able to uh, do that. Uh, here uh, in this game by the way there is a prop that stands out he's been better lately he's been a little bit more contributing lately uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken and he faces his old team this is the team that drafted him Uh, Alexander Wenberg 
for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Started his career in the Columbus organization. Uh, he's gotten a point in back-to-back games, and he scored one of their goals against Chicago uh, a couple of nights ago. So I like Alex Wenberg. I think there's some decent value there uh, as far as a uh, player prop on the uh, Blue Jackets uh, for uh, this game tonight. As they, or Sorry, for the Kraken against uh, his former team, the Blue Jackets, tonight in this game. All right, great stuff. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate it very much uh, on this Sunday edition of the show. Uh, a reminder, make sure you sign up and subscribe at patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 per month. Our daily card, sides, totals, player props posted there each and every day. Patreon.com slash iceguys, goalie charts, totals, charts, and more. And we will be recording multiple videos this week. Uh, special theme videos exclusive to Patreon members, and we will post those on the Patreon page during the All-Star break. Uh, looking forward to that. So even though we're not doing live shows for four days during the break, you will still have some Ice Guys content, courtesy of us, exclusive to Patreon members. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. And again, the $10 per month you uh, subscribe with uh, for Patreon keeps this show going. So again, $10 per month. Make sure you sign up, patreon.com slash iceguys. And also time running out, of course. We've got, of course, the uh, store. Uh, you know, Get that offer. Get on that sale and that discount uh, for the great merch and gear that you can get at the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. That's right. Today is the last day to save 20% off of all orders right now at the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got everything in stock right now. And also check in, uh, check out that limited edition store, too. We'll have that link tagged on our X page at the underscore Ice Guys. That'll be pinned at the top of the page. There's some items that are going to be gone in this week. So the Skinner T-shirts, the Bomber jacket, the mug, uh, there's about five or six items. Take a look and, and get something now because by uh, the after the All-Star break, that whole – uh, shop will kind of be flipped around a little bit, but you can get everything still uh, at the general store, which is iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, great stuff. Make sure you check that out. Oh, yes, great great call, guys. Benjamin Cuban, Wayne Gretzky in our chat. Forgot to mention that, 100% agree. Bjorkstrand, another former Blue Jacket, uh, going up against his old team, and now, of course, with Seattle. So uh, props with him make a lot of sense as well. No doubt. And actually, Bjorkstrand's another guy that's picking it up. He's a streaky scorer. He's on the good side of the streak right now. Uh, he's been uh, picking it up lately for the uh, Seattle Kraken, no doubt. Uh, B. Rocco, um, I just don't trust L.A. I wish you luck if you take them first period money line parlay. I don't. I, I, tr- I tried with first period with them the other night after Doughty called them out, and they're down two nothing. You know, so I, I'm done trusting them. They got to show it to me now. That's uh, as simple as that. Um, but I wish you luck if you bet it. All right, bargain bin special of the night. I know it's only two games, Alex. Anything did you found? I'm going something creative and different. And I mentioned in the chat, this is Championship Sunday. People, you know, talking about the NFL. So let's get a little crazy with a cross-sport parlay. And I think it's not the craziest thing in the world, to be honest, when you listen to it. I like in both of the uh, title games, a touchdown score, and then the first period over in that Columbus-Seattle. So we're going with Travis Kelsey to get a touchdown anytime in the Chiefs game against the Ravens. Then we like Christian McCaffrey to get a touchdown for the Niners against the little Detroit Lions. And then the first period over with Columbus and Seattle. You can get that parlay at FanDuel right now at plus 422. So that's your bargain bin special tonight. A little fun parlay. Christian McCaffrey to score, Travis Kelsey to score, and Columbus and Seattle to go over in the first period. You know, I, I really do like that. I think because Travis Kelsey, uh, I want to point something out about him. And I said this on the NFL show that I was on actually right before we did the Ice Guys today. I said this. 
Yes, Kelsey did not have a good season compared to what we've seen in the past. And the second half, especially when he started, you know, mixing it up with Taylor, I found mm-hmm. his, you know, he's starting to drop some passes and doing some uncharacteristic things. It seemed like the chemistry with him and Mahomes wasn't what it's been in the past. But right. in the playoffs here in these two games, he's got it going again. He's found that rhythm again with Mahomes, the, the Miami game, especially last week against Buffalo. I think that's about as good of a game as I've seen him and Mahomes have on the same page. And if you look back at his AFC championship game numbers in the past, Patrick, or sorry, huge. Travis Kelsey, huge. He's been a monster. He's had like 70, 80, 90, 100 yard games every single time. Um, so I think a good chance to find the ends. I think his over receiving yards is a good prop because I got 60 and a half on it. Uh, for Travis Kelsey over receiving yards in that game. So I like that. Travis Kelsey to find the end zone. McCaffrey's almost a slam dunk every game, you know, to find yeah, the end yeah. zone. You're right. Uh, yeah. And, of course, the uh, so Kelsey part, touchdown score, McCaffrey touchdown score, and Columbus-Seattle first period over. Uh, a nice little cross-sport parlay. And that price again was? Plus 422 at FanDuel. There you go, plus 422. So I like that. A little creativity here with the uh, bargain bin uh, special uh, of the night. Uh, yeah, uh, Taylor Swift touchdown. No, that'll be another touchdown for Travis. That's <laughs> even with her right now. Probably. That's hilarious. Right now. Yeah, <laughs> the, it, the touchdown is all him right now that he's even there. Uh, all right, as far as my player prop for the uh, bargain bin special uh, for tonight, uh, I'm also going to go to that Columbus-Seattle game for uh, my bargain bin special. Uh, and we mentioned it. I actually just mentioned it a little while ago. Alexander Wenberg, uh, plus 350 at bet 99 uh, to score a goal against his old team. Uh, Bjorkstrand's a good bet, too, but Bjorkstrand doesn't meet the criteria for bargain bin. Uh, he's only plus 215 around that for uh, his goal prop. I like Wenberg here for Seattle against his old team. Uh, he scored a couple games ago. Uh, and if you look at some of his past performances with Seattle against Columbus, he's had a lot of shots on goal. A lot of opportunities. So Alexander Wenberg for the Seattle Kraken, plus 350 uh, for my bargain bin special of the night on this Sunday card. All right, it is time for best bets here to wrap things up for this uh, edition of the show. Uh, Looking forward to it. Alex, what do you think here for best bet? Yeah, I'm going to the late game, Kraken, Blue Jackets. Obviously, if I liked it enough to tie it into a cross-sport parlay, I I love it enough to be a best bet. We're going with Columbus, Seattle, first period over one and a half. I grabbed minus a dollar thirty-five at Caesars. Shop around. Uh, I see a better price already at FanDuel minus a dollar twenty-eight. Uh, so a couple of the shops might have a little bit lower. So Blue Jackets cracking first period over one and a half. That is my Sunday best bet. All right, there we go. Columbus, Seattle over one and a half. Uh, first period best bet for Alex B. Smith. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I normally bet three six five lately has not had better prices on a lot of these goal props. They do for Wenberg. Wenberg's at plus 375 there. So there you go. Good reason to bet it uh, at bet 365. No question. Uh, All right. My best bet. It's also going to be from that Columbus Seattle game. It's a bet that fell short on Friday night. They got to three goals, not even halfway through the game. And then they didn't score after that. Something tells me things are going to change here tonight for the Seattle crack. And I think they're going to get to four against this very suspect Columbus defense and Tarasov. We don't know what we're going to get from one night to the next. Uh, and a Columbus team running on fumes, really. Fourth road game in six nights. Got in from Vancouver late last night off a brutal loss to the Canucks, uh, blowing a 4-1 lead, losing in overtime. The perfect situation. Just like I thought Vegas was ripe for the picking last night against Detroit, I think Columbus is ripe for the picking tonight against a rested Seattle team looking to bounce back from that overtime loss to St. Louis. And they need the points. 
St. Louis right on the fringe of that wild card race. Uh, and I think they want to go into the break with a good game and a win under their belt at home at Climate Pledge Arena. So, But obviously, I'm not laying the price. We're taking the team total. Seattle Kraken, team total, over three and a half, minus 126. Uh, that is going to be my best bet for this Sunday NHL card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. Appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And shout out to our uh, Ice Guys uh often contributor matt robinson in the chat uh and everyone in the chat thanks for joining us we appreciate it very much uh for alex b smith i'm ian cameron have a great sunday enjoy the nfl conference championship games and good luck enjoy the nhl action uh, and good luck uh and we will be yeah, Beneers, by the way good point Beneers looks like he is expected to play tonight yes for the seattle kraken as of now it could change but as of now he's expected to play so that's the uh, current update there uh, with that. But again, enjoy NFL Conference Championship Sunday. Enjoy the uh, NHL games today. And by the way, again, we're going to have bonus content on the Patreon page during the All-Star break. So reminder of that. Even though we'll be off Thursday to Sunday, we will have some bonus videos and bonus content uh, exclusively for our Patreon members. So uh, another reason to sign up for just the $10 per month to get on board as a nice guy's Patreon member uh, and subscriber uh, enjoy your sunday everyone and we'll be back with you tomorrow 2 p.m eastern with uh, brett skalski our monday guest with us as well to help us break down the card tomorrow on monday we'll see you then for another edition of the ice guys 